uh, remix drop. What up, what up, Medicine Remix, it's your boy A Truck Gordon, UFC Ultimate Fighter Tim. Yeah, let me tell you something, your station is bananas, fine to, to try to be like you, man. Keep doing what you do, I love it, much love. It's good, Medicine Remix. A great station because you guys just cover the full gamut of the human persona, the human plight. You guys send out prescriptions of life. What I love about you guys, though, Medicine Remix, is the fact that you guys will take a hip-hop quote, put it into a prescription formula because people need to know how to live. Artwork in the form of rap, hip-hop, sort of like now we're fighting. And I'm telling you, these could be your side effects. If you don't check yourself, it's true. You will recognize <laughs> Recently, over the past few days, gotten very into Medicine Remix. Very quickly rising to... Kind of late to the game there. I know. I, I don't know what it was, but I'm super into it. It's one of those things that as soon as I put it on, I can't not listen to the whole thing. Yeah. So, big fan. Huge fan of Medicine Remix. I think what you're doing over there is fantastic. Oh, thank you. I just love the whole thing. Between the hip-hop, which you know I'm a fan of, but the fact that it's mixed with motivation, with comedy, with medicine, and the whole thing just feels like art. You guys are doing amazingly, and you do some of the best stuff out there. No, you know what? The best stuff out there, frankly. There's no one else really doing what you guys are doing in general on the internet. That's the remix, fam. Remix. Next big thing, get on it now. Appreciate that, brother. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know I'm hanging out with someone from Apple and they said that they listened to your station and loved it. Just wanted to give you that feedback. I must say, I am quite fond of your station medicine remix. Darling listeners out there would be wise to tune in. Take that information, make the most of today. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remix. Bye. Support for today's Medicine Remix show is brought to you by Budafed, a non-drowsy 24-hour extended release tablet to free your attachments and decongest your expectations all day long. Budafed, decongest your soul. Now, back to mindfully mixing medicine on Medicine Remix. The idea of how we know what we know about the brain. Right. How did we even come to that understanding? Because right. we understand very vaguely the parts that are involved with memory, mm -hmm. the parts that are involved with deeper thought. Fear and right. aggression. Right. Pleasure. Yeah. Balance and right. the physical functions right. that we often take for granted. How complex those movements and maneuvers actually yeah. are. And how unbelievably debilitating it is when you lose those parts which, of your brain. Which brings me to, to, to my next point is that a lot of the stuff we know is because of people who have suffered a stroke. And for those of you who don't know, you can think of a stroke as cutting off blood supply to a certain part of your brain. And that part dies. And a lot of the way we learned about what the brain does is that somebody would have a stroke and you couldn't see in their head, right? Right. But you would just know that something happened to grandpa. Yeah. Right. This was in the 1500s. You know, something happens to grandpa. Now he can't move half of his body. Well, he's just going to have to function the best he can. Grandpa dies at some point somebody decides they want to cut him open and figure out what right, was going on right. they look in the brain and they say holy shit he had this big rotten part of his brain right huh that's crazy and then somebody makes a note of it somebody else down the street has the same symptoms right they cut them open and they realize holy shit whenever something happens to this side of the brain you can't move your arm now the interesting thing about that is that you could see a stroke most of them, right? Right. You can see the rotten part, the part that lost its blood supply and died. The problem with emotional stuff, you can't see it. I can show you two brains, and if I tell you, show me the depressed brain, you can't, right? There's something inside of there. 
I would agree, but now what we've done with technology to be able to look at what parts of the brain like, right. light up but when you're not, having it. Yeah. But that's not what started it off. You remember Phineas Gage? Oh, yeah. Of course, Phineas Gage? of course, yeah. It's like the world famous. For those of you who don't know, Phineas Gage was a, a railroad worker who took a pipe. They were exploding a side of a hill, and there was a huge pipe in there, and the pipe came out, shot up from under his chin, through his mouth through his eye and out the top of his head. So he had this giant rod there, and this is before you know they had people like you to go in there and remove it surgically. Right. So they kind of just thought, well, shit, Phineas, mm, you're gonna have a big hole in your head, but we're gonna have to get this thing out because it was like nine feet long. A solid iron rod. They pulled it out, he survives, and then he becomes this belligerent, violent asshole. Yeah, well, and, and before, he wasn't like that at all. He was supposedly a very nice, hardworking guy, yeah. very mild-mannered. And now he's like whipping out his junk and he's like being aggressive towards people, doing all the things what we have running through our heads at any time, but we can inhibit those. Right. Right? Well, what they found out was that when something happens to the frontal part of your brain, the frontal lobes, you become disinhibited. You basically lose your filter. And you probably know a lot of people who you think are probably disinhibited, but uh, this is such a dramatic change in his behavior. Right. So, you know, little things like that that history kind of revealed to people. Mm -hmm. uh, we learned about big areas of the brain and what yeah. they did, but you're absolutely right. Now with imaging getting so much better. Yeah, but this is the evolution right. of a science. Right. But now we yeah. can't run around and stick things in people's heads to figure out what happens when we put right, this part right. of the brain. That came from experience. That evolution absolutely. came from experience. Absolutely. And so this guy, he's like a neurologist and a trauma researcher. This guy, uh, Dr. Scare. And he terrible says, name. terrible name, terrible. right? He studies, you know, scary, scary things that happen to people. And that's like the surgeon, Dr. Slaughter. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. Terrible doctor names. Yeah, like yeah. there's a there's a doctor in one of the hospitals Dr. working working at. Her name was Dr. Ariola. She was a breast surgeon. I don't know. I, oh, that's awful. But well, you know you know about Dr. Mittens, right? Oh yeah, and he's a hand, hand surgeon. surgeon. Yeah, yeah. You can't make this no, shit up. You can't. That's like that, the, that's a good one. Did you say Dr. Weiner, the urologist? Already? No, oh, but that yeah, is a real that one. That does also. exist. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, his quote was: "Life experience based on specific sensory experiences therefore changes the brain permanently in the way that it specifically reacts to subsequent similar experiences." So, so, in so what that means is basically you go through some shit. You know, some shit happens to you, and then the brain kind of adapts itself accordingly. And basically, when you go through that shit again, that—that that, yeah, your brain is gonna be like, all right, this is how you're gonna feel when that thing happens. Mm -hmm. So the more and more that happens to you, yeah. and you react the same way, right. that circuit just starts to get Strength to get it. yeah, it makes wow. it stronger. So like the whole concept of neurons that fire together, right. wire together, right. basically means that you go through some shit, you feel some shit right you go through that shit again you feel it again it just keeps happening to you right. whether you're playing it in your mind right. or it's actually happening to you and you're perpetuating right. you know this thing whether good or bad you could, you could also use that right. for good if you know and potentially train your mind and that's what we're talking about with neuroplasticity that the whole idea of no. your brain being plastic plastic in the sense of you can mold it you can change it right. into different things and it's not a machine right. it's not a machine like your iphone or your ipad is right. that's a machine a solid state where yeah. it's like that's it that's a machine you, yeah but this thing the most sophisticated machinery known to our existence is not the iphone is the human brain it's unbelievable how complicated it is and how
how little we actually know <laughs> about yeah. how it works. Now, the exciting part of this is when you think about, holy shit, maybe we're not prisoners to these conditions mm -hmm. that we have, whether it's a stroke or right. you know having psychiatric disease, right. things like that. Maybe we can rewire our brain to work around those disabilities and make them into abilities. Right. And Which is completely different than the understanding people had of, you know, a lot of these diseases and conditions even 10 years ago. Right. I mean, and that's amazing, man. But what this requires, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. This sounds like a lot of hippie shit, you know. Yeah, man. Just got to change your brain, bro. Yeah, I got this really cool self-help book, bro. You just got to do it, man. Got to sit down and make peace with it all, bro. Yeah. That whole sort of approach to psychiatric disease or, you yeah. know, I found that people take a very strong stance. You'll have the guy who thinks therapy is bullshit, don't want anything to do with it. There's a lot of people that yeah. feel that way. But, yeah. you know, not understanding this idea of, of the plasticity of the brain and being able, being able to change the way your mind is responding to things. Right. But the problem with that is it takes work. Like it, anything, it, man. Well, not, but like, not like taking a pill. Right. That's the problem, right. right? Well, see, now there's two schools of thought there, too. There's the type of person that's like, whatever's wrong with me, I need a pill right. to fix that. I'm in pain, I need a pill. Right. I have the flu, I need a pill. Mm -hmm. like, you need to give me a pill, all mm -hmm. right? Like, I can't focus, give me a pill. I can't have an erection, give me give a me pill. Give me a bone pill. Yeah. yeah, pills, pills, pills. And then there's the other school of thought that's just like, nah, I'm not taking a pill. Like, and I'll give you those, those are two. But the other part that kills me is the, I'm not doing therapy. I'm not doing therapy, fuck that. Right, because like inherent in that. that Sharing is, and emotions and. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. also that it's hard and it's not instant. It's not an instant fix. Yeah. It's something that, just like you said, takes work. Right. Like anything. But like, the implications yeah. that, you know, that, that that work can be permanent, right? You can rewire your right. brain. That's versus... the part That's the part that's not sold, you know, as much. Like, because yeah. you just think about how much time it's going to take. Most right. people don't have the attention span to see weeks from now. They're but trying you, to see, like, here's uh, the hours from now. Uh, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. When people say, I don't have time for therapy, I don't have time to go to that shit. But you have time to be depressed for the rest of your life. You have time to be anxious for the rest of your life. You have time to be all these things, but you don't have time to fix them. But this whole idea of being able to change it and, and going through therapy, there's obviously a group who's pretty averse to going to therapy. And those are guys. Yeah. And more importantly, guys who are war vets. Yeah. What has been your experience with getting those guys to commit to anything that has to do with A, psych, you know, psychiatric conditions and therapy? I mean, the ones that I've come across have been in, in the veterans hospital right. and a, a lot of them right off the bat are plugged in to that that yeah. network I mean, uh, that's a skewed sample because yeah. they're in the system already yeah, right the guys who aren't are the guys on the corner not being treated those are the guys who didn't want anything to do with it the homeless guys oh i see i see you know like so those are the guys that are completely they don't want anything to do with it and there's people who go in on you know mental health arrest and now yeah. you know they're putting the psych ward for you know a couple days those are the people that are completely i don't want to try that maybe it's, it's if it's in my head i can fix it i can do it myself Right. And I think the, the, the value of therapy, dude, it's completely undersold. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we had somebody ask us a question. They sent in a question asking about the treatment for PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. Basically saying, I have this condition and do you have any recommendations in terms of treatment? I don't want to take pills. Now, my feeling has always been, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I think pills have their place, but I, my approach is always skills and pills. 
Absolutely. You know, and if you can get by with just the skills, I don't want you on any more meds than you have to be on. You know, I, you, I'm sure you're not pushing meds on people just for the you know love of it. You want to keep them, you know, as med free as you can. But when they need it, they need it. But the skills part, man, that part is so critical. And I think that is such a hard sell. It's the yin and the yang of, yeah. of medicine, man. So here's the thing. Therapy. I think when people hear therapy, the first thing they, what, what, what comes to mind? What do you? Like lying down on a couch and somebody like doing a crossword puzzle. Right. in the background right. pretending to be interested yeah i think that's the problem but a lot of the the ideas of what therapy are i think couch therapy that therapy it works it has its place most of the times people have conversations that's the equivalent of therapy man just getting it out have you ever been in such a shitty mood that you want your friend around but you don't even want them to do anything you just want them to be shitty with you yeah you know and then that's it and that's a form of therapy and we've talked about this at length before that the idea of human interaction mm -hmm. being around other people i think people don't understand the value of that and you know the example being that take the nastiest place on earth prison there's just no shittier place to be right and you're in this cell and you're you're in prison you can't go out you're it sounds awful being in a you know 10 by 6 cell but even in there with like rapists murderers child molesters the worst place on earth to punish you when you're bad in prison they put you in solitary confinement so already like the biggest shithole you can find on this planet and to punish those people they just take them away from other people yeah and that drives people insane so there's obviously something there in terms of right. your interaction with other people sure how that come what form that comes in i guess it varies you can be around all your friends but in terms of therapy that interaction there and really letting your guard down with somebody who's not part of your circle who mm -hmm. doesn't see you every day who you don't tell them stuff about yourself but that's not all therapy is now man there's they have all these to answer the the, the ptsd question listen if you don't want to take meds i'd ask why and if it's a side effect you don't like see if there's a different med yeah but on top of that, the therapy angle, the problem is the names, I think. There's like touch therapy, mm -hmm. right? Image therapy. None of these sound extremely masculine. But the idea is really, the more I look into what all these different therapies are. Listen, there was a paper published in England about how Tetris can help PTSD. Obviously, Tetris isn't doing anything. What it's doing is getting your mind off of the things that are pulling you into this negative right. space. And there's all sorts of different disorders, you know? There's, just, you know, anxiety disorders. There's PTSD. And really, it's the best you can think of it, you know, even in a movie when you say, oh, that guy has PTSD. It is fairly accurate in the sense that you have to have experienced something traumatic. Right. Right. Whether it be a death, a loss. You were hurt in some way. Right, or right. abused. Right. Something like, that, you know, significantly altered your, your level of stress or you just see something that's just so vivid and overwhelming to your mind that it just can't handle it and right. it doesn't it basically it doesn't store it as a memory because it's just so overwhelmed with, right. you know we're processing so much information as it is on a day-to-day -day basis right. when you see something so profound yeah. profoundly bad usually it just starts firing different centers of your brain off that generally wouldn't react yeah and now you have all those at one time yeah but the problem is is that you mentioned earlier is that once those connections are made right. this is the way you're going to react when you see that right anything like it a sound right. you know for guys who are you know on the battlefield yeah. they hear gunfire because usually it's like a gradual thing to be able to like right. you know shape a memory or a feeling like right. 
For example, every day now, basically, I see traumatic things happening to people and seeing the physical part of that. Just all these horrible things happening to people. There's this one kid a few months ago at a different hospital I was working at. He was in a car filled with his best friends, his uh, sister, I think his brother was in the car, I think his brother was the one driving. All at a party, you know, they had drinks, they were going down one of the major expressways and they basically hit a tree at 100 miles an hour. And this kid, this one kid that survived, everybody else in the car died. He had his leg amputated by just the impact. And you can imagine how many other injuries. And this guy wound up being fine, long story short, but like the mental rehabilitation that has to be done to be able to, you know, just go on. Like that that's that's one of the things that we call, you know, a traumatic event. Right. But you know, seeing those things from my end, obviously like over time, over my experiences in med school and surgical training, you know, you're kind of desensitized to those things, but you're not the one experiencing them. So no matter how traumatic, like, you know, seeing something like that for somebody that didn't have the experiences Mm. that I did, because like now when I see those things, there's no connections there. It's just, this is the problem. I have to fix it. And there's no you're looking at it from a different capacity. You're looking at it from, I'm here to help. I'm not here to experience this with you. Right. Right. Even though it's a horrible thing. And usually when people talk about it, they're just like, wow, yeah, that was really sad. Right. Moving on to the next no you know, it, problem that it, needs to be and, fixed. And that's necessary. Yeah. You know, that's necessary. But you're right. As traumatic as those things are for you to see, the difference between that and somebody with PTSD... On the other side. Right, is that they can't function. They can't function. This reaction, their body, their mind yeah. is listening. It's completely altering their ability to function in daily life. Right. They start doing things where they try to avoid any interaction with anything that might resemble mm-hmm. this traumatic experience. So right. imagine if that's a sound. If it's, you know... It, it, or a color. Yeah. Or... I mean, how awful that has to be. Yeah. That's going to alter your daily life, man. And that's right. going to cause you a lot of stress. So these are people that initially had normal brains mm-hmm. and then something happened to them that totally changes their circuitry. So this is kind of like that plastic thing that right. we're talking about. So basically, PTSD is a neuroplastic disorder. The only reason I'll agree with that statement is because there's obviously people who like you said didn't start off this way go through an experience and now their mind is different man it's physically different and i think the saving grace is that that can be changed again to something that was similar to before the experience or something even better but that part takes work and that part is the the therapy part of it but you want to know what fucking irks me man when people refer to things as psychotherapy i know that sounds like oh why would that isn't that isn't that like terminology though isn't it when i say psychotherapy what do you think before you were in med school. Probably still the same thing. Like Somebody just, crazy. Yeah. Psycho. The second somebody hears psycho, psycho anything. Right. The lay person is going to think negatively. Right. It doesn't have a great connotation in our culture. Not at all. And I, and I think the, I mean, obviously you can get into the whole, you know, what it means. And it just meant study of the mind. And all of a sudden that now becomes something really negative. I think, so that bothers me one, the whole idea of calling it psychotherapy. And the other thing is explaining to people that, trying to get them to understand that this is real. The idea that you can change the structure of your brain is real the part with the ptsd part is that because it's so prevalent now you know we've had ongoing wars we have a lot of you know men and women coming back from the services and those aren't the only ones there's you know people like 
9-11 and the World Trade Center, that sort of thing. So people going through traumatic things, yeah. being diagnosed with this condition. Problem is, not all of them want to take meds and they want other alternatives. And I would really strongly recommend doing therapy. I hate when people say, I tried it, it sucked, it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. It just might have been the wrong therapist. Right. Um, because if it, if it were the pill you were taking, you would go back and get a different pill. So, you know, maybe you should try a different therapist. But the question came up, uh, the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist and who should they see? Right. You know, I, I had a patient, you know, in med school who... Probably see both, I would say. Well, they didn't know the difference. Depends, right, yeah. They didn't know the difference. And I, I guess a lot of people don't, but um, psychiatrist is an MD, somebody who goes to medical school and basically... So someone that can prescribe you medication. Right, well, there's actually states where, where psychologists can do it too. But okay. every state, a psychiatrist can do it. The difference being that we're taught to assess, diagnose, and treat mostly medically. Right, the biology part of it. Right, and the psychology people are trained more in theory and different models and approaches for therapy. It's not to say that, you know, a psychiatrist wouldn't know, but you'd have a better chance with somebody who, if you really wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, dive deep. But there's also some psychiatrists who are really into that stuff too and can also prescribe you meds. So that answers. So you have this external stimuli, somebody talking to you and directing your thought, and then you have this medication that's helping you from the inside. Right. And together, really, the problem, as much as we credit external stimuli right. and experiences and outside world as the cause for our suffering really it's inside you know sure. not to get hippie yeah but that's the reality of it and this whole idea of a traumatic event being able to change the normal functioning of the brain your brain is so moldable that it's that vulnerable in those periods of time where yeah. it can just totally change forever yeah absolutely yeah. and that's amazing man and it's funny because we, i think we were watching uh, some tv show and i said man i can't watch that fucking show it's, uh, an ex-girlfriend ruined it for me yeah. and you're like what and i said i used to like it and then she liked it and then when we broke up i hate her and i hated the fact that she didn't even know about that show oh yeah. and then now she started watching it because of me yeah and then now she tells everybody that that's it's her like favorite show development or yeah modern yeah, modern yeah. Shows, uh, for me it was scrubs oh scrubs yeah, yeah. and i was like i that's fucking a bad one i used to <laughs> I mean, I know, and I was like, I used to love that show, and that stupid broad telling everybody she loves it. But that altered my reaction to that. Like, yeah. now it now it's a visceral gross response. Like, I don't, yeah. fuck, it's fuck, yeah. right? When literally, right before I ever met this person, it was a great response. And she biologically, chemically changed something in my brain where yeah. I react different. So I think that stuff is fun to really, like, think about that sort of thing. Yeah. And, I mean, because relationships are a big one, you know, in terms of people changing and the way they handle breakups and yeah. that sort of thing. But uh, every experience shapes you, man. It just shapes the way that you think. Forever it can. Yeah, forever. Yeah. And if you the leave... butterfly effect. Yeah. And if you leave it alone, it's forever going to be a shitty response. Yeah. You know? But if you want to change it, you can change and that's going to take a little bit of work so again but a lot of going, like mind and body conditioning yeah sure and you know to go full circle the, the idea was for you know PTSD are there other things look at meditation don't go in thinking that you're going to become crouching tiger hidden dragon the first right. time you meditate it takes work and you know what if you're not seeing results it's working because I think that's when it happens. Yeah. When you just keep doing it, yeah. repetition, you'll know it's working when it starts working. Right. And by that time, it, you'll realize it's been working for a while. You know, they're doing some fascinating stuff up in, um, 
I think it's in McGill mm. in, in Canada. Mm. So there's this guy, I forget what his name is, but basically what he does up there for PTSD patients, mm -hmm. he does both this, you know, medical and psychotherapy together. It's like a five-week program or Stop something like that. Stop fucking saying that. Huh? Psychotherapy. Therapy. We're just going to call it therapy. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Therapy. No, I'm kidding. Totally ruined yeah. here. <laughs> what he does, basically, so anytime you have a mental event that's brought into your conscious awareness, mm -hmm. there's this heightened plasticity. Whenever you relive that bad moment, there's an opportunity, basically, for you to take that plastic state of your mind and either change it for the better or the worse. Mm -hmm. So you can continue to strengthen that circuit right. of that bad memory and all the bad feelings associated with it, or you can alter it. That concept is what this dude in McGill is doing for his patients. So basically what he does is he has you think of that horrible memory, mm -hmm. whether it's your friend's intestines lying in your hand mm -hmm. when you're in war, your leg getting blown off, you know, in an IED, or right. one of these horribly traumatic events. A lot of times, you know, it's the soldiers mm -hmm. that fight for this country. Right. Like it's very prevalent in that population. Right. So basically what he does for the PTSD patients is he has them write down that event in vivid detail mm -hmm. while taking a drug called propel. Panelol, mm. which you and I know is usually used right. as a blood pressure medication. Right. It lowers your heart rate and right. your blood pressure. Right. But we also know, we studied in medical school, that this drug is also used for people with like performance anxiety right. and stuff. Giving you know, speeches. Get, yeah, nervous. giving speeches right. or like a lot of people in Hollywood do this, you yeah. know, when they get stage fright. So basically it calms like the physical symptoms down mm. and it allows you to kind of focus on the experience on, on the experience itself versus your heart racing yeah. you dealing then, with your body freaking just, out yeah, yeah. circuitry just gets like mm -hmm. oh my god this is fear right. what's happening to me right. you know and, and no control over it. they feel no, like you know like there's nothing i can do about there's it there's nothing i can do about yeah. it and it, this is just this horrible horrible mm. impending doom that's so now by down. taking this drug their, their this drug, physical response is so now kind of dampens the edges are taken off yeah. so now mentally they can experience right this. And so it's still very difficult of oh, course, at first, mm. but they write their experience down, whatever wow. it is about being raped or, right. you know, being in war right. or insert traumatic event here. Right. And the next week they read it with the drug. Mm -hmm. And while they're reading it, it's being recorded. Mm -hmm. And then like the third week, they listen to the recording and they do that for another two weeks mm -hmm. every time taking the drug. And apparently by like five weeks, and of course it's going to vary from patient to patient. I don't know how many patients he studied this on, right. but approximately like 75% of the people that went through this mm -hmm. type of therapy did not qualify under the criteria of PTSD. Basically mm -hmm. by the end of that therapy. Because basically, in order to rewire your brain, because we're saying PTSD right. is like a neuroplastic disorder, right. a person that once had a normal mind had something happen that changed the circuitry. Right. So we're saying now that you can actually condition your mind, train your mind with yeah. both chemical and spiritual stimuli, if right. you will, to rewire that and yeah, get yourself cool out of that shit. Yeah, I mean, I think that those sorts of combinations i mean because the beta blocker that they were using the drug has really no mental effect it's your mind's response 
giving you that sped up heart rate, that anxiety yeah. feeling. No, it, it's, it's basically, it's cutting that link in half. Right. Just like I said, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together. Right. Neurons that don't link, right. you know, they don't sync. So, you know? so it's it's like disconnecting right. that horrible physical Which is what most people with, are yeah. reacting to. The experience itself, sure, it might have been bad, but when your body starts saying, listen, it's time for you to freak the fuck out, you're a slave to it. Yeah. You, you could take this ride and freak out now, yeah. you know? But yeah, man, I that's really cool. We'll have to include the link up. We'll put the link to that guy's uh, yeah yeah for sure so to answer to get back to the question yeah there's things you can do that don't involve drugs be willing to put in a little bit of work and by a little bit i mean a lot and by a lot i mean a lifetime yeah but it doesn't have to be work man because the ways it's going to make you better it's not going to just help you with one condition yeah. it's going to help you with your life Do what you want with that information. I encourage you to do your own research. If you have any input for us, we're always happy to hear it. And again, no other place like this, damn it. Should we start marketing this as an online medical school? Reese, you think we can get accreditation for this? Hey, if Trump got this stupid Trump University thing going, which folded later because it was terrible and it stole from people. But I think Medicine Remix should do it the right way. What do you guys think? Anyway, if you haven't done it already, please go to your iTunes. Right now, you're holding your phone, right? You're staring at it. Go to your iTunes, rate us. Anything less than five stars would be uncivilized. And leave a review. You may not know it, but you have no idea how much that helps. It helps us in so many ways. It makes it easier for us to get sponsors. It makes it easier for us to be pushed in terms of different platforms. If we can show that we actually have a following that responds in positive ways to our content. So in order to keep this going, we're asking you for help. So please like, subscribe, share. We got a Facebook page. Just type in Medicine Remix. Go there. It's verified. You'll know it's us. Follow us on Twitter. How are you guys not following us on Twitter? Rude. So rude. Anyway, again, thank you so much for listening. This is Medicine Remix. You're the best. Make way over to iTunes. Give us a review. Love y'all. Peace.